I want to greet you this morning in Jesus' name, and I realize we just have a little time here this morning to talk about a subject that's bigger than we can ever deal with in this amount of time, but they have suggested in this little period before your lunch that we look at youth and compare them and relate them to various aspects of important issues and relationships in your life. And yesterday you looked at your relationship with your fathers, and today it is with your mothers. And it's kind of interesting because the Bible usually does not split that. The Bible usually talks about mothers and fathers together, and we don't often hear of a mother with her children apart from the father. But, but that is what we're going to do today, and then the remaining days of this week, we'll look at more of the special relationships that you have with other people around you. And certainly, whatever you are this morning, you owe a tremendous amount of that to your mother. I asked a congregation one time when I was speaking to them that uh, tomorrow night when they come to church, I want them to bring to me the person, the man that they feel has made the greatest contribution to humanity, be that to the church or to humanity in general. They're supposed to come back to me and give us the name of a man that they feel has done more to contribute to the blessing of mankind than any other one person. I told them they dare not use the name of Jesus for that. That would be the person. But apart from him, a person. So they came back the next night. They had several names they gave. These were very, very important people. Someone did a lot of thinking about that. And when they were all done with their discussion, the great contribution this person made, I said, that man that you talked about had a mother. And where does mother come into that uh, contribution to your life? And uh, mothers can do a tremendous amount for their children. And they do a tremendous amount for their children. And yet I'm well aware when I talk to you. And, and uh, I think about this because of where we live and the people we work with. And we would probably need to mention this point in Costa Rica. You might not think about it here. And you might wonder why I even bring it up. And you say, Dale, you only have 20 minutes to speak and you're wasting your time talking about something like that. But just hold on, put your seatbelt tight around your waist and sit still for a minute and see if you can learn something. Uh, there are, in our settings, many young people that would be sitting in our Bible Institute who would not have pleasant thoughts about mother at all. No precious memories. They might not know where mother is. They may have never known mother at all. That puts a different perspective on life, doesn't it? And we certainly should increase our appreciation immediately if we know where mother is and have remembered what mother has done and, and know what mother's words have been and have felt mother's hand upon our shoulder and know a mother's care. That should certainly do something to us. We, we owe a tremendous amount to mother. And there are people that don't have that. And you know very well that our society today is trying as hard as they can to destroy the home and destroy relationships between parents and children and destroy relationships between mothers and their sons and daughters. And the home is being attacked terribly today. And we have no idea what the awful results of that are going to be, but the Church of Jesus Christ should certainly be preserving this uh, holy relationship this most endearing and the first of all human institutions is the home 
and the relationship between parents and their children. So we want to just give those introductory words. What do you think about when you think of your mother? And when I wrote that sentence on a piece of paper, I, I immediately went back. Of course, my memories of mother would go back years before yours did, probably. And uh, what, what do you think about when you think of a mother? I, I'd just like to ask you about that a little bit. And I trust that you remember your mother. I trust that you have a mother. You have one, but you might not know much about her, depending on what your situation is. We'd have to say that in Costa Rica. But you think of your mother, and I'd just like you to ask you, young men, young women, what images come to your mind when you think of your mother? And I'm asking another question. If you would just page the pages of, your, of the album of your memory and look at those photos and think of those experiences you have with your mother, do, do those pages contain beautiful records, beautiful memories? Or do they have something else? I'd like to know what you think about when you think of your mother. And as I thought of that question for myself, one of the first things that came to my mind was something that happened to me when I was about five years old. When I was about five years old, we, I remember getting in the car and we were we were driving back in some lanes and going back into a place back in where I didn't remember ever having been before. And we get out of the car and walked over here to where I was told a house used to stand. And we got to that house. The only thing was left was the cellar hole, and there were black rocks in that cellar hole. And uh, these rocks were black because they were burned black, and they had been burned black five years ago. And no one ever cleaned this up. This house had burned down, and these, uh, the stone, there was a stone house, and the stones fell into the cellar, and they were black. And I, I was in that house while it was burning. I was three months old. And my mother went into that burning building to get her three-month-old child out of that fire and spared his life. And, of course, you know, we could just imagine you were not there, but you can imagine how mother would feel when things are burning up. And in the, inside the house are all the things that you own and the things that you need. And inside there, there's a child. So she got that out there, and, was, and she wanted to get back in there and get some more things, I guess but they got virtually nothing out. Those walls crashed in, and I, I remember five years of age looking in that cellar hole and seeing, and there was a mother back there somewhere. I don't know what you think about that. But that kind of makes an impression on you. I don't remember when it happened at three months of age. I don't remember that. I just remember that hardly anything was saved out of that fire. I remember that. I know that I'm still here. And would all that cost her to do that? I do not know. But that's a mother. I thought about that today. I think about that often. I can remember a boy at home, and uh, we had a balcony above the downstairs porch. And sometimes I would sleep out there in the summertime on the balcony because it was cooler than sleeping in the bedroom. And I can often remember at 5 o'clock in the morning, in a summer morning, 
getting awake hearing my mother's hoe rattling in the garden. I didn't think much about it then, but today it's impressive to me that I hardly ever remember my mother getting out of bed. Where are you at, mothers? <laughs> I hardly remember my mother getting out of bed. She, she, she was up and going whenever I got my day started. And that hose out there in the garden. Those are some things that are worthwhile remembering and keeping in that scrapbook of your memories of your mother. I'd like you to think about your mother. What, what do you put in there? What, what's, what is stacked in those photo albums of your mind? When you think about mother this morning, I'll think of another thing that happened with my mother. And this is the last reference I'll make to myself. My, my, my mother lived longer than some ladies do. She was almost 92 when she died. But we were living in Costa Rica, of course, and when she was 90 years of old age, she called me on the phone, and she didn't do that very often. It was very, very rare that she ever called me on the telephone. And so she had a very, very good voice, and though she was somewhat weakened in body, she was on a wheelchair, her mind and voice were very, very clear. That's, she was that way till she died. So she was on the phone, and I could tell when I answered the phone, yes, it was mother, and I could tell there was something was wrong because the voice was somewhat shaky and insecure. I could tell something was wrong, and I didn't know what it was. And she said, uh, Dale, yes? Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm up here thinking, and uh, I just was thinking about the fact that when you were little, when you were young at home, Daddy and I did not treat you the way we should have. We, we made some pretty serious mistakes. And I was up here thinking about this, and I, I wanted to call you and, and ask if you could forgive your daddy and I, but we did. Now, my father had passed away seven years prior to this. No, five years prior to that. She said, could, could you forgive daddy and I for what we did? And I'm saying, Mother, everything's fine. Everything's beautiful. Don't worry about it. Everything's good. It's all right, Mother. You don't need to worry about those things. That's all taken care of. God has been good to us. All is well. Well, I, I've been up here thinking, and I, I wanted to call you, and then everything was quiet. It seemed like that rested her. It seemed like that was good. And then she said, Dale, I'd like to ask you one more thing. Uh, when, when this happens, would you preach my funeral sermon? And I will assure you, hearing something like that from a 90-year-old mother is, is, will stay in your mind for a while. You, you won't forget that right away. At 90 years of age. Now, what do you have in your photo album of your mother? The memories that you've collected of your mother. If I could do anything today to encourage you, to bless you, to think about your mother with deep appreciation and respect, if I could encourage you to ask the Lord to wash from your mind the things that maybe have been disappointing and maybe there was, was at times a misunderstanding. Because let me assure you something. Mothers make mistakes. 
They probably don't make as many as we do, but mothers make mistakes. And uh, there was one mother there that was thinking about some mistakes that she had made and wanted to uh, do something about it. I want to say, bring three things to your attention that the Bible says about your mother. And to do this, if you have, a, you have Bibles there, you might want to use them right now and turn to Proverbs chapter 6. I want to share three things that the Bible talks about your mother. Your mother and my own. We'll read here in this chapter, verses 20 through 24. My son, keep the father's command, thy father's commandment, and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thine heart, tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou awakest, it shall talk with thee, for the commandment is a lamp, and the law is light, and reproofs of instruction are the way of life, to keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman. Here's a picture of a young man, a young lady, and here they are at Bible school, and they're quite a few miles away from home, and there's no mother nearby. But there's something this morning wrapped around your neck. There's some kind of a chain there, some kind of a, some kind of restraint is around here, and you, you feel this end of it. And then this thing continues on through space and on through geography and down the highways and across space. And the other end of it is fastened to your mother's heart. Now, now this, this, this thing goes around here, and, and when you move, you can feel it. And when you're ready to say something, there's a reminder. And when you need to make a decision, there's something there restraining. And mother's hand is far, far away. Her heart is far, far away. And she has the other end of this chain. And we are told here to be sure that we have bound this about our neck. You got out of bed this morning and you said, well, listen, I put my shirt on or my dress and I have my veiling on. I comb my hair. But you're not ready for the day yet until you bind something about here. Bind that around there. And this is the law of your mother. And your father's commandment, your mother has a law. And your father's commandment is like a lamp. But, but, but the mother's law is the light. Can, can you imagine carrying a lamp around has no light in it? But you carry this lamp around has light in there. And that light is the law of your mother. And your testimony is directly related to this thing you have around your neck. And your mother never wrote a book. Your mother's not an author. She, she, she's not being published. Carlisle Printing is not printing all her stuff. But your mother wrote a law, and you know what it is. And she never set you down and said, here are my commandments. She never set you down and said, this is the way it's going to be in your life. She never set you down and said, now, uh, here are the volumes. Here, 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 are the, here are the writings. But you know what it is. Every time you make a decision, you know what she would want you to do. Every place you go, you know if she wants you to be there or not. Every friend you choose, you know if she, you have her approval if you don't. And she never gave all of those details, but there's something going on here. That's what this says. So the first thing we looked at here in the Bible is Mother's Law. You see the effects of it. 
And, and we decide if that's on there or not. Mother can't decide this end. She decides that end. Her heart does never change about these things. We decide to rip this off of here. We, we, we shall not do that. Young men, we, young ladies, we shall not do that. And then we have something else in 2 Timothy chapter 1. And Paul's writing to Timothy here, and he says in verse 5, When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois, in thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also the faith of your mother, the law of your mother, the faith of your mother, which your mother believed, which she believes about you, which she believes right now. And, and there are a couple of tears in her eyes when she sees you get in the car and she's the last one to wave. As you pull out of there, you're going to Cologne, Iowa. And she trusts you. And she believes in God. And she says, yes, I will miss them if they go, but, but, but they may go. And, and God will be with them, and I will pray for them, and they go. In the faith of your mother. And, and, and much of what's in you today as young people, you owe to your mother. Much of what's in there came first from mother. It was first in mother, then in you. And, of course, as you think about that, you want to so preserve that faith from mother that is now in your heart that you both have in common with God so that you can someday see that faith in your children. And so you are a link in this process. The faith of your mother. And then you expected me to say this, and you thought I should start here. The love of your mother. So Solomon has these two ladies come in there. There's two ladies, but only one baby. And both these ladies are mothers, but there's only one baby. And so the one says it's hers, the other one says it's hers, and Solomon says, bring a sword, let's part this thing in half, and we'll give one half to each one. But, but a mother's love, she may have it. Give, 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 give it to her. No, no, no. But let her have it. And the other one says, no, 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 Fine. And these weren't Siamese twins. It was just one child. You part this thing in half, it's, it's the end of it. No, no, half for her, half for me. Solomon said, no doubt about it. No doubt. Love of a mother. No doubt who the mother is. There's a terrible story in 2 Samuel about seven of Saul's offspring that needed to be killed to settle an issue that existed with the Gibeonites. Saul had made a mistake there. So they asked that to settle this thing and solve this famine that was going on in Israel, that they would yield up seven of his offspring. And Saul, unfortunately, as many of those people did in those days, had a concubine. Her name was Rispa. And so they decided to take two of her sons and let them be part of this ransom that was given to the Gibeonites. This would happen during the time of barley harvest. And those days when they killed these fellows, they did not bury them. This was a mess. And this mother, Rispa, 
came out there where her two sons had been, had been, had been killed, had been assassinated. And she kept the dew of the morning, the rain from falling on those bodies, and she kept the beasts of the field away from those as they were decaying there, and the bones were left. And she remained there beside these two decaying corpses. Did all she could for them as a mother. And then news of this, somehow or another, got to David. David found out what was going on. And saw the love of that mother and thought he needed to do something about it. To honor and to respect the, the love of a mother. And there are many, many stories like that. The love of a mother, we heard about it last night. That uh, was by the cross there. And uh, I thought that was last night. Maybe that was, maybe that was Sunday night. I, I thought it was last night. But it was Mary, the, your son here, and he took her to the home. But Mary was there and watched that. And that was no easy place for her to be and no easy position to, for her to be in. The love of mother. And no wonder the Bible tells us that we should respond to mother and father with, with honor and with obedience. Honor and obedience to your mother. Now, I'll just say a couple things in closing here about your mothers. And I want you to try to remember some of these things. There's no successful youth in our churches. In your congregations, wherever you fellowship, there's no successful young man or young woman who who is living today Crushing the heart of his mother. You, you take these, you take your boots, you take your shoes, and you tramp on the heart of your mother. There's no successful person in our churches who's tramping on the heart of his mother or her mother. You should live, in fact, in constant awareness of the blessing of your mother upon your life. And if you are not quite sure whether you have mother's blessing on your life, then go to her and ask her, should I be doing something different from what I'm doing so I can have your complete blessing upon my life? Are you pleased with my life? Does my life bless you? Are you encouraged with how how it's going in my life? And a, a careful mother, a godly mother, will surely help you if you come to her with that kind of attitude, young men and young women. I'd like to urge you, young ladies, to stay very, very close to the hearts of your daddies. And be a young men to stay very close to the hearts of your mothers. Your purity in a very impure world depends upon your attachment to your mother. You share her the story. You share with her the temptation. You share with her the image that you saw. You share with her the mistake that you made. That close relationship with your mother is purity for you. It's security for you. To be close to your daddies. The protection. The strength. In a day when young ladies' purity and victory is easy to defile. Close to your mother. And I'd like to ask you a question. Have you children given, you young people given your hearts to your parents, your heart to your mother? 
the Father's love to us, the Father God, in Isaiah 66, is compared to a mother's love to her children. It's kind of an amazing story there. When I was a young man, we were far from God and far from the church and living very, very wrong kind of lives back at that time. And, and I had a buddy, and we ran around together. We did things we never should have done. We certainly didn't have mothers busting upon us in any kind of a way, neither his nor mine. And he had a girlfriend, and he had, he had a girlfriend his mother would never have chosen for him. And if he ever would have gone to his mother and said, Mother, how do you feel about the friend I'm visiting? She never would have been able to give her heart support to that. But it so happened that on a Saturday evening, her, husband, her son was busy and got home too late to get things ready for his visit. He was going to have that night with the young lady. And so the mother decided, in her love for her son, though she did not support what he was doing, she decided that his car was real dirty and she would wash his car so that when he got home, his car was ready to go to see that friend. The car was parked in the garage. She found the key and went out to open the door. And when she opened the door of the car, are you listening? There was a snake curled up on the driver's seat of the car. And she, wanted, she had made up her mind she wanted to wash this car for her son. And as this uh, snake was taken by surprise and, and saw this door, door open and the snake kind of slithered off the seat and went down somewhere she, she didn't know where. And the mother got into that car with that animal in there and backed that thing out of the garage and washed that car. That's what she made up her mind she was going to do. And then her son came home, and he was in a hurry, ran up the steps real quick to get changed around and washed. When he came down, she said, here's your car. I hope it is clean. But I thought maybe I should tell you, there's something in the car that I don't think you want in there. And she told him what she found in there. And that young man was so set back by what his mother did. He came to me and told me that story. He said, Dale, the mother did that when that snake was in the car. That's what my mother did. Now, young men and young women, what is your mother worth? When's the last time you thanked your mother, blessed your mother, gave a little note of encouragement to your mother? When's the last time you told your mother? When's the last time your mother heard you say, you're so precious to me, I, I appreciate so much your life to me as a daughter, as a son. You owe a lot to your mother. Your relationship with your mother. May God bless you and your mothers. Let's stand for prayer. Dear Father, would you just bless today all the mothers that are so responsible for the beautiful things that are happening here in this Bible school. 
the beautiful lives that are represented, the training, the example, the tenderness that goes from a mother's heart to a godly young man and a precious young lady. All the chains that go out from this place to mother's hearts far, far from here. All the holy testimony, instruction and care and tears that went into guiding these young people to where they are today in life. And would you bless those dear mothers wherever they are. And I pray that these dear young people this morning would have a tremendous appreciation and respect and look for ways to honor and express those words of gratitude to Mama for all that she's done for us. And if there's someone here this morning who does not have those beautiful thoughts and relationships and experiences with Mother, would you bless their hearts today with that care and comfort and healing that would put in their hearts a great desire to pass on to their children a holy opportunity that maybe they themselves never have had to be able to do for their own offspring, for their own children, what maybe Mother was unable to do for them. Would you make this Bible school a place where that would happen, oh God? Bless these dear people this morning. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, I'm sorry. I don't know what you're supposed to do now. So maybe if you sit down, they'll tell you what to do.